Happy Saturday, everyone, and welcome to another episode of V-ism with your girl, Lady V. Lady V is in the house. Again, thank you all for kicking it with us this past year. It was really weird. I was just talking to our guest speaker for today. She's like, how long have you been doing this? It's been a year. It's hard to believe that, that me walking out in the park was able to find therapy through being able to do these different V-isms. But enough for me today. It is Financial Literacy Month, and I am super excited. That is my buzzword, super excited for 2021. But I'm super excited about today's guest, and that is Ola Summers. She is fabulous. She is a diva. She's a mama. She is a wife. She is a prophet. And when I mean this lady can pray, she can pray. And she is not only that, she is a financial guru. I know she's probably like, why are you giving me that introduction? Because you deserve it. You can do all the things that I just mentioned, Ola. So let us let us lean into those compliments. She's over here laughing at me, but you can't see her. But she is that financial guru. And it's Financial Literacy Month. I'm going to be asking Ola some questions because my biggest pet peeve is that we have a Louis Vuitton bag, but we ain't got any life insurance. So Ola and I are going to dive into that a little bit later, but I always like to start it off with my guest speakers. I want to get to know them because they're always talking about the experts in their field, but we never get to know who they are. So one of my favorite questions is the four C's. What's your favorite car, cuisine, color, and cartoon? All righty. Well, thank you so much, V, for having me on today. I am honored and privileged to be a part of this platform with you. And so to answer the, the four C's, right, I was like, do I have to really think through this thing? Because uh, uh, those were some good questions. So my favorite color is pink. I love me some pink. Um, my mom actually had pink in our living room growing up, so I think it just kind of grew on me. Our whole living room walls was pink. Uh, my favorite car is a drop-top Corvette because, you know, I like to let the uh, let the dreads and the, the, the crochets blow in the wind, so I love me a drop-top Corvette. My favorite cuisine, now that was really challenging for me because I'm a lover of rice, right? But I like the red beans and rice. I also like the um, beef fried rice. I also like the jello rice for my Nigerian fans out there. So I'll just keep it at rice for my favorite cuisine. And then as far as my favorite cartoon, I don't know if cartoon movies count, but that was what kept ringing in my spirit. So The Little Mermaid is my favorite cartoon movie. All right, so I'm going to go driving with you in your favorite car. Come on. <laughs> I may be eating the rice, so that's bad for my blood sugar, but I do love some rice. Yeah. <laughs> Pink is one of my favorite colors, but I really like purple because I like to consider myself the queen, queen Come bee. On. I need Come to migrate from lady bee to queen bee, but I feel like that's doing too much. <laughs> and then cartoon, I grew up with... Bugs Bunny. So I love the Tasmanian Devil. If you ask sis, she'll tell you that I had a comforter, the lunchbox, lunchbox and my watch. So I was a little obsessive, but I like to tear up stuff. I like for my presence to be felt when I show up in a room. So I love it. So, you know, we are coming off of Women's History Month. So I have to plug women because we are dope. We are boss chicks, and a lot of times we are underrated and forgotten about. So when think about a woman who inspires you, why? Why does she inspire you? So 
since 2020, right, you know, I think everybody had this aha moment in 2020 because it definitely was a journey for us all, right? I came across Dr. Cindy Trim. Now, I had always heard of Dr. Cindy Trim, but I didn't really like research her like that. And so I began buying some of her books. And when I say this lady is profound and she was really helping me to get on my my B's and, you know, my A's and B's with what I needed to do in life, um, that is who has been inspiring me um, since last year going up into this year, 2021. Yeah. So what is that book that you read? I have the same book, but I haven't read it yet. Yeah. So it's 40 days to a prosperous soul. And V, when I tell you like, she just really, she, she, she be all up in your room. Like, yeah, girl, you need to do this. You need to do that. And so it's literally a 40 day journey that you go through and she just has different topics on each day. And she has reflection questions at the end of each chapter. Oh, you really are telling the truth. That's why I'm still on chapter one. (laughs) (laughs) It is not for the weak at heart or people that don't want to do the work. So I applaud you for reading (laughs) the book. One of my girlfriends had me buy it. And I was like, oh, I'll read it. So if you're listening, April, I'm still on chapter one and it's sitting nestled in my bookshelf because I I don't want to do that type of work. So kudos (laughs) to you. It is work, for real. So you mentioned COVID. So this is off off script, but you know, this is I'm just going with what I felt like came up in my head. What's that one thing that you learned about yourself during COVID-19? Oh, I learned that I needed more balance. Be like literally, you know, and I think balance is, and that's actually something that Dr. Cindy Trim talks about in her book. But when you actually think of the word balance, it's not a, a, a word that really you can find the answer just like that, right? It's actually where you have to dig through and you just have to prioritize. And so, what I realized is okay, where are my priorities and how can I make sure that I am prioritizing the things that are most important to be at my top of my list and then the other things follow between once I get that accomplished. So that's what I learned during COVID. Yes, I love it. You learn how to prioritize because probably prior to COVID, if you're like so many of us, you were involved in so much stuff and you were saying like, yes, I'll do that. Yes, I can do it. But like you're burning yourself out. So COVID gave us that opportunity to pause and be like, that really doesn't need to be done right now. Come on here. Exactly. It gave you a chance to reset where you literally were like, okay, if, if it ain't going to get done, it ain't going to get done. And did it really matter in the first place? Right. So our priority shifted. So that's the one blessing out of COVID. I know many people died and, yeah. you know, we miss those individuals that did lose their life, but we have had that opportunity to reset. It's almost like God gave us a second life. Like now it's time to get it right. Come on here. He sure did. Yes, ma'am. So what's your favorite quote? Everybody's got a favorite quote. I know it's hard just to pick one because yeah. mine changes every which what day the wind blows or depending on what circumstances I'm in at work. I have a quote I use for clients. I have a quote I use for friends. It just depends. So what's your quote? You know what? It was very hard to try to narrow it down. And I kept coming back to Jeremiah 29 and 11. And it's for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in a future. Yes, I love that. So was that your quote even when you were at work? 
Yeah, because yeah, so when I think about the quote and I was actually reflecting on it, right, I think that when you are on this journey of life, you deal with so much like the unexpected. Like you said, we just came out of the, the COVID uh, season where we're still technically kind of in it, but we're starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel. And so even in that, I just had to keep recalling to my mind. Everything that's that's going on is not to harm me. It's to make me better because God says I have a hope in an expected end. And so that is just what keeps me on my toes, knowing that everything that I go through is gonna is gonna work out for Ola. That's just what I have to keep at the forefront of my mind. I love that, Ola. So I'm gonna be borrowing that. So when you hear me <laughs> somewhere talking, let me tell you my favorite quote. I'm almost gonna quote you verbatim. <laughs> Depending on the circumstance, you'll see Veronica get up and say, like, let me give you this quote. What I have to offer. (laughs) You are hilarious. But like speaking of like scripture, since you went there, what's your favorite scripture? I know that you have many. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Trust in the Lord with all thy heart. Lean not to your own understanding, but in all thy ways. And it says some, Veronica, it says all thy ways. Trust in him and he will lead you to your, um, girl, let me get the exact one. Well, you you didn't took me to church. I got you. I did. I did take you to church real quick. And I know that's in Psalms. But when you think about the word trust, Veronica, how many times, I know, especially for me, have I not trusted God? I think that my plans is better than his. Mm-hmm. I think that, mm, no, let me just try to do it this way. But he said, trust me it, with all your heart, not a piece, not a fourth, not a half, all your heart. And lead not to your own understanding because I think sometimes in our mind, we try to understand things. And I just realized some things Ola just ain't gonna understand. Some things V just ain't gonna understand. And so that's my favorite scripture that just be like, okay, you know, even though I don't understand it, I still gotta trust you. That that's probably the toughest one for me because I like to feel like I am in control of everything. But you're weird. What you said is so true. Sometimes God will humble you when you think that you're in control. You'll be on cloud nine. You're living your best life. And then God's like, oh, you didn't forgot about me. You forgot (laughs) that you ain't in control. Let me show you I'm in control. He humbles you real quick. And sometimes those valley seasons for what I've experienced they humble you so when you get to that mountaintop experience you're more appreciative like I, I feel like I have seen some valleys I just feel like sometimes I'm in a valley season right now because if you think about perspective reflection April's the month of my birthday I always like to do some type of reflection about where I thought I would be at 30 36 I'm not there yet but it's not I'm not trusted in the God that he's gonna put me where I need to be I'm more focused on like how can I control this situation and do some puppetry to get myself to where I think I should be. But that's just not where God wants me to be. So thank you for that scripture. You just spoke a word. You just spoke a word. I know we're supposed to be talking about financial literacy month, but you know, somebody needs to hear exactly what you're saying on this moment. Yes. Come on, prophet. I cannot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So thinking about scriptures, there's one that talks about money. First Timothy 6 and 10. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have um, from faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. What do you think about that scripture? I heard it growing up, didn't really understand it because I love money. Like, give me money. 
Yeah. You know, that scripture is so interesting because it, it makes you, well, I know at least for me growing up, right? People like, you can't love money and love God. And you be like, oh, so I should be poor? But that's not what that scripture is saying. It says for the love of money. So it doesn't mean that you can't have money. It just means that you shouldn't lust after money. You shouldn't be going against what God says to get that um, that financial increase, right? Because it also says in scripture, you know, that that money answereth all things, right? And so the whole fact that you can look at both of those things as being contradictory, but it's really getting that perspective and really getting that understanding. And so what I think this scripture was just trying to give us, um, I guess, some some in insight was don't lust after money don't make money your god don't idolize money don't kill steal and destroy for money because at the end of the day god owns everything so if you follow his plans if you're trusting in him and you're submitting your ways to him guess what he gonna do veronica he gonna bless you because he wants you to be blessed so we just can't idolize money and we can't just have money being our god we gotta have god being our god Ooh. He took that to a totally different level. All I could do is snap my fingers over here. Like that was, that was deep. And I think that really segues in into like, again, April's financial literacy month. And, you know, as people of color, we typically aren't vested in our financial growth or our financial wealth because we're not taught that. I know I wasn't taught that. I was taught like spend, 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 but recently this year I shifted and I started to take interest or I started to take into account or participate I should say in my own financial journey so I'm on that every dollar counts budget some days that's like the devil to me because I'm like I want to spend but it's like oh you have this goal you've got to work towards so what are some words of wisdom that you have for not only just women but just for people in general around financial literacy because I know that you have multiple streams of income. What does it look like? And you can tell me whatever underneath the sun. Yeah. So the thing about financial literacy, right? um, I think there's a few things that people have to do. Number one, you have to be aware. You have to be aware of your weak spots when it comes to finances. Are you a person that spends, right? And you don't really look to see if you got insufficient funds or not. You know, are you a person that likes to go out to eat instead of cooking at home? So you really have to be aware of where your weaknesses are financially because we all have them. No one is without a financial weakness, right? And then we also have to understand what is our mindset with money and a lot of times our mindset with money was sometimes passed down from what we saw right so i'm in between two of of, of interesting worlds um for my mom and dad they were divorced so my dad he a spender like if he got it in the account he's spending it right which is not a good thing but then my mom she was so frugal like it was like the littlest thing she didn't want to spend nothing on and then it was like we would go and she wasn't that great at budgeting either and so it was like oh when I grew up I was finding myself warm between I know I don't want to spend and not have and then I know I don't want to not be able to tap into the finer things of life because I'm too futile so then I really had to change my mindset around money and then that's what led to 
look here, I need multiple streams of income because I want to have one stream that's going to take care of my bills. I'm going to have another stream where I can have a little bit of fun with because I love to travel. I'm going to have another stream that I can actually use to pay, um, you know, save up for retirement and make sure that I have these investment accounts and everything like that. So it's so important that you are aware that you know your mindset and that you have a plan because what's that if you fail to prepare you 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 know you you're you're planning to fail you know and so it's the whole fact of do you have plans for your money we have plans for everything we planning what time we taking a shower we planning what route we taking to work we planning what we going to do this weekend but do we plan for our money because guess what if you don't make a plan for your money your money will make a plan for you Every time you said the word plan, I thought about writing the vision and making it plain. And a lot of times we don't do that with our money. I can be very transparent here. One of my mentors was working with me on that budget. And she's like, well, what did you find out? Where's your money going? I was like, "Mm, I might be spending five, six hundred dollars. That's what I want to say in my head. I'm going out to eat. Yeah. But it's probably more than that. It was more than that. And I was ashamed. I know better because what do I need to eat out like that for? I can cook at home. So thank you You for talking about it. You became aware, Veronica. You became aware. And that's a beautiful thing because even though you didn't like it, right? Even though it didn't feel good, now you know. And now you're holding yourself accountable. Yes. And the word accountable is so important too. I have an accountability partner. We're born like two days apart, but we talk about budgets now. We went for, we shifted our conversation. You know, as females, we'll get together. We'll dog dudes out. We'll talk about the new shoes or a new outfit. But we're really not having conversations. We're going to get together talking about how you need to be budgeting to buy a home. How you need to be budgeting for your kid's future. Instead, we're talking about, it's like we're having real housewife conversations. But we don't have that type of budget. We're doing things like that just to keep up with what my dad would say the Joneses. So what you said is correct. So how do we shift our conversations with our girlfriends? Any tips around that? Because, you know, you have some girlfriends that just not, aren't with the program. They're going to be like, oh, you're stupid for saving that money. Or what are you doing that for? Like we used to be able to go drop $80 on a weekend for food and drinks. Being honest, you could spend $80 on a Friday, turn around and do it again on Saturday to go out for food and drinks. So how can we shift that conversation with our girlfriends? I think that any conversation that we have around friendships, you know, with our girlfriends, you always want it to be organic and never forced, right? And so you can just start having conversations like I know um, when I think about like summer vacations and stuff like that, I'm like, oh, so where where y'all traveling? You know, if if they never even thought about traveling, now I've planted that seed, you know, oh, have y'all seen this stock? Man, do y'all got a stock market account? You just literally drop seed because you know the things about seeds is that once you plant those seeds you can water them to grow and so now that I planted the seed about a stock market investment man did y'all see how much that Amazon stock going for no but I did look at this stock no how do I set up a, a investment account oh man y'all know I just wrote this life insurance policy on this family for a million dollars and it was only this amount of money oh wow really I wonder how much a life insurance policy for me would be so literally I just ingrained it in 
our conversations without trying to be like, so what is y'all doing with this stimulus check y'all got? Or, you know, things like that where you ain't all in a business, but you are still trying to see where are my friends at financially? Where is their mindset? What are some of the things that they wish to do? Because I, I think the beautiful thing about friendship is we all can influence each other. And why not all of us make it to the top financially and just set up some of us? love that i love your approach because that probably would be my approach i'd be like real direct but what you do with your stimulus why do you buy those red bottom shoes why aren't you buying that new furniture so i do love like your approach is sprinkle 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 it in and then come back and water that thing i just got this i just did this you know and then oh and then you can actually inspire them or encourage them to do it as well that is so true because I've noticed that even to shift my mindset with my budget, it was sprinkled in. Nice. It was sprinkled over all of last year with me talking about it with the person. And then this year she was like, oh, we're going to sit down and do your budget. She didn't just leave me hanging. Yeah. She gave me some time to work on it. And then we met for four weeks every Sunday. Wow. Five o'clock, I had to do a check-in. How's it going? I felt like I was suffocating at first because I felt like, again, control was taken. Yeah. I felt like I couldn't buy a dress, buy a soda, but now it's shifting the mindset, like you said. So we're grateful for people like you that have that financial guru. You are, you and your husband. So we're appreciative to you all because building generational wealth is not something that we typically do. Yeah. So y'all are setting that standard. Thank you. We try, girl. We try. Yeah, I'm going to get in my little soapbox. Like, you know, we have Louis Vuittons, red bottom shoes. We have all of these different things just to keep up with the Joneses or to keep up with our friends. We ain't got life insurance. We ain't really got any savings. We, If we lost our job today, we wouldn't be able to sustain and pay our rent or even our mortgage next month. Like, what, what's up with that? Like, how can we break that cycle? Yeah, I think exactly what you said. It's a cycle, right? And you have to really look at what are your emotional ties or your emotional triggers when it comes to money. So when you think about a Louis Vuitton bag or a red bottom shoe, what is a person buying that for? Well, they're buying it because in society, that's looked at as a high regard of somebody that's making it. That's looked at as somebody that's, oh, look, she got the newest Louis Vuitton. She got the newest red bottom. But yet you don't have the essential things. So a lot of people like to put on this mask. I remember we had did this exercise and it was called my mask and my me. And so we were saying, what does everyone see about you, right? That's your mask. Or what does everyone say about you? And then they were saying everything that people would say about them. But then I said, what is the reality, right? And then that's their me. And so when people did that, I'm telling you, they were crying. But it's like my mask may be, you know, I got a Louis Vuitton bag. I got red bottom shoes. But my me... I only got $100 in a savings account. I don't have any life insurance. My children don't have a college fund. I'm in debt up to my head. You know, so that could be your reality, but no one has taught you because at the end of the day, it don't matter because nobody sees what's in my closet. They just see my bag and my shoes when I go out in public. And so I think what we have to begin to do is have that conversation with people and just say, ain't nothing wrong with the Louis Vuitton bag and the red bottoms once you have 
have this, this, and this in place, once you have your emergency fund in place, once you have your life insurance in place, once you have these college funds in place, once you have an investment account in place, but people look at it as another bill. But once again, that's that awareness and that mindset where we say, hey, it's not another bill, it's legacy. It's for the generation. Because if you were to leave here today, would you just want to leave your family, whether you have a spouse, children, a cousin, brothers, whoever, nieces, nephews, whoever you're leaving this to, do you want to just leave them with a bag that at the end of the day ain't going to hold no value or shoes that ain't going to No, you want to actually leave them with something that holds value. And so I think we have to really have that conversation of what is true value? What is something that I can pass on? Whether something, you know, that I just have to sell for probably half or a fourth of what I bought it for. I love every bit of that. I just want to reach across and use Lakita's word. I want to slap your face. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Lakita! Because what I first heard you say was like, it's a heart issue. Yeah. So I know that I emotionally spend when I, I spend emotionally and eat emotionally, which I've curbed that. But now it turned into spending. I'm buying clothes when I'm in emotional distress. And I mean, it makes no sense for me to still have clothes in my closet that have tags on them. That could be money. Like looking at it now, I'm like, that could be money in my savings account. That could be money I'm traveling on this year. So you just said so many nuggets of information. And I think that we've got to start continuing these conversations. Again, not only with our girlfriends, but with our family members. Yeah. Because that's the only way that we're going to be able to break this cycle is to continue to have these meaningful conversations around financial literacy. Because one and done is not enough. Owen needs to check back up with me and be like, why are you buying Mountain Dew? True story. Mountain Dew in the gas station every day. Oh, yeah. When you could just go buy a case. Come on. Come on. And it's much cheaper. Yeah. But You've got to get to know me to know that I have no self-control. If I have a case of Mountain Dew in the house, I'm going to drink it. Mm, Those so for health reasons for myself. But we've got to we've got to start connecting on this financial level and not and not being afraid to say like, oh, I um, I have a credit score of 500. This is not true for me, but yeah. or I filed bankrupt or I don't know what to do and be okay and not judge that individual because. Honestly, that could be yourself. That could be somebody that's in your family. So, mm -hmm. yeah, that's so true. That is so true. And instead of us, I think my girlfriend and I were talking about, we always have 10 people if I wanted to go out to the club and get a drink. Mm -hmm. But I ain't got 10 people that want to sit down and talk to me about financial literacy. And that's a problem. That's a problem. It's a mindset. Come on. So shifting our mindsets. So when it comes to life insurance, what would you recommend? What is the most I should carry as a single person or even a person that has a family? Let's do both. Okay. So there may be some families on here or some single people like myself. So the rule of thumb when it comes to life insurance is you need at least 10 times your income, right? 10 times your income. So what does that mean? So this is for a family. I'm just giving that. So um, let's say a family makes $60,000 a year. So 60 times 10 is 600,000. So that means that you need to have a policy of at least 600,000. Okay. The reason why you do that is because life insurance is not just to bury you. 
Life insurance is income replacement. So what does that mean? That means that it's replacing the income. God forbid something wants to happen to me prematurely, my husband prematurely, my children prematurely. Because I think one of the biggest things that people don't understand is that if something were to happen to a loved one, life does not just go back to being the same. So what about after the funeral? You know what I mean? What if it was a tragic death where someone died in a city that you reside and you no longer want to live in that city and you want to relocate? Well, you need money to do that. Or what if it's the loved one passed away in the house where you live? Well, guess what? The memories of that, you may not want them to be triggers for you. So you may want to buy a new house. So all of these things take money because at the end of the day, Veronica, no landlord cares. It's still money. It's still something that they need. They may give you the little pass for maybe a month or so, if even that. And then they're like, okay, if you can't do it, then we're going to have to evict you. And so as well as for a single person, they say that you need at least 10 times your income. Now you may say, well, I don't need that because it doesn't make sense to me, right? Well, then do five times your income. Or I know sometimes people do two times your income. So the rule of thumb I have for all of my clients is if we can't do 10 times your income, where can we do it where you are comfortable enough and then we can build upon that? Because life is always changing and it's always evolving. And you may say, well, I don't really want to, to pay all this money because at the end of the day, I'm not trying to leave all of this life insurance for my loved ones if I'm a single person, right? But what if you want to start a foundation in your name to keep your legacy going? Or what if you want to be a blessing to your nieces or your nephews? There's so many things that we can do because life insurance is passed tax-free to that next generation. And so the rule of thumb is 10 times your income, or you could do two times or five times your income. Just always make sure that it's comfortable because I'd rather you start at a level that's comfortable and we could build upon that instead of you starting in it being uncomfortable and then you drop the policy. That just makes no sense. Oh, wow. <clears throat> I don't really know what to say after that because I'm over here. I'm literally on my phone calculating like, Oh, I got some work to do. You didn't, you didn't chewed me up and spit me back out and then chewed me back up again and spit me back out again. So that, that's great. So like 10 times your income yep. for our life insurance policies. Some people don't even have any. Mm-mm. So we just got to start doing better. We got to do better. We got to do better. We have Ooh. to. Ooh. So what um, what would you like to talk about? Like, I'm just going to free flow. Like anything that you want to just tips out there, anything that's just dropped in your spirit over the conversation. Well, I did want to talk about the journey to prosperity, if we can just talk about that for a moment. So um, as uh, Veronica so nicely called me a financial guru, I'm building up to that name. So now she gave me some shoes that I got to be able to fulfill. Um, But when I think about this financial journey, I've been in the life and financial service industry for uh, 12 years. I mostly work within the Milwaukee, Wisconsin community, which if any of you have ever been to Milwaukee, Wisconsin, or even read statistics about Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Um, It's a lot of things in our inner city community when it comes to the African-American population. And so I see so many of those things when I deal with the life and financial side of the business. So not just life insurance, but then I also deal with health insurance. Not just health insurance, but my my husband does the taxes. Not just taxes, but we also do credit restoration. And the one thing that I have begun to see is that people don't really understand because they have never been taught. 
right? You could tell me something all day, but if you teach me something, that's when I can actually take it in and I can actually help to uh, have a different level of understanding. And so being on this journey to make 12 years in May, uh, what I have begun to do is begin to really teach people, you know, since I've been in this, this financial field, because they're like, well, I just trust you, just write whatever when it comes to life insurance. I'm like, no, I want to have a conversation with you so that when someone comes back and they say, what kind of policy do you have? Why did you decide to go this route? You actually have an answer for them. And that answer makes sense. And so when I was given this vision for Journey to Prosperity, which is a 12 month journal, um, it really just walks you through, you have a word of the month, you have a scripture of the month, you have an affirmation of the month, and then you have four questions for the month. So there's a question each week. And what I think it'll help you to realize is that at the end of this journey, you will come out better financially because we know that anything that we do in life, it's a journey. We got to take steps each and every day to fulfill our destiny. It's not something that you're just going to accomplish, you know, in one step. No, but each step, right, I believe you should get stronger. Each step, right, I think you should be able to get more insight. Each step, I believe that you should be able to get more wisdom. Because the 2020 Ola, the 2020 Veronica, we shouldn't be the same in 2021. And so what this journal or what this journey to prosperity helps you to do is it really helps you to look inside that heart, research inside that mind, and come together and write out your thought. Because journaling is number one it's very reflective and it's therapeutic because when i look back at some of my journals from 2020 and 2019 i'll be like my have i grown but i believe that i'm able to see that because of me actually writing the things down and so this is what that journal does veronica it just really helps you to look at you and see how can i be a better better version of me come 2022. oh wow Wow. So if people are listening today, how can they buy your journal? So you can go right to Amazon. It's called Journey to Prosperity. You just type it in and it's $6.99 and it's a 12-month journal. And then if you want to connect, we have a group on Facebook. Uh, you could just look me up, Omarin Sola. That's O-M-O-R-I-N-S-O-L-A. Um, Summers, S-U-M-M-E-R-S. And we literally every Wednesday, right? Uh, we call it Wealthy Wednesday. And we go through the journey together because I believe that there is unity and there is strength in numbers. And so if we can all get on there and be transparent as Veronica was even being transparent about some of her things financially. Um, I believe that we can all help and grow because I think one of the biggest barriers in our community is people look like they got it all together. Look here, I ain't got it all together. I'm a woman that did not have health insurance at one time and I literally had to file bankruptcy because I had over $30,000 in health insurance bills. And you're like, how that doesn't even make sense? But guess what it did? It made me realize I need to research health insurance because I didn't even understand what they gave me when I bought it, <laughs> you know, being an entrepreneur and stuff like that. And so when you get together in these spaces and you get to hear people's journey and you get to hear people's story, um, it can help to, to, uh, to help you on your journey and your destiny to prosperity. Thank you for being transparent about that. Like what you said, the people that look like they got money, like they have money, typically don't. They are just... As my daddy likes to say, keeping up with the Joneses, which the Joneses will have you broke. 
or have you somewhere stressed out, stroked out because you're working two to three jobs just to keep up with a lifestyle that's really not yours. You don't have to drive the Beamer. It's okay to drive the Kia. Come on. It's getting you from point A to point B. And that's the most important thing. And I think it takes a while because even with social media, I think that plays a part in it too so much that we see everybody, oh, she's got this new house. But we forget that that new house has a nice mortgage. Come on. Or she's got this nice car. That car has a car payment. So it's just living within your means of being okay with that. And if your friends aren't okay with you driving a Kia while they're driving the Beamer, those aren't your friends. Come on. Because sometimes you just got to change your circle. My friends will, I'll tell you in a minute, like, oh, that's going to cost $150 to go out to eat. Mm, I'm not coming. Yep. And if I'm coming, I know I'm going to have an appetizer. Come on. $30 salad. And I'll be looking at you like, well, aren't you hungry? No, I'm going to get a drink. Diet Coke at that because the drink was $30. I'm good because I still need to eat for the rest of the week. And we got to be okay with being able to be transparent with our friends. Yeah. We can't afford that. Yeah. Or Susie's married, you're not. So they have two incomes, you two, you're one. You can't do everything Susie can do. And it's okay. Agreed. I'm like that in a minute, Veronica, where someone will invite me to a restaurant and I'm like, it costs how much for a steak? Do you know how much I could go get a steak for at the store? And I probably could have two days worth of eating a steak. So you really just have to be honest with your truth because my truth is not Veronica truth. Veronica truth is not my truth. But what is your truth? And stand on your truth because if they're truly your friends, if they're truly your family, whatever, they will love you no matter what that truth is when it comes to your finances. Like, it's like my sister saying, we're going to Paris this year. I'll be like, you're going to Paris. I'm not. <laughs> but just Facebook call me so I can see how pretty it is. And I'll just live through you because it's just not my time right now. And sometimes if I think about it, thinking about time, when we do stuff before our time, we have to pay the price for it. Ooh, so I've done stuff before my time. And that wound up with me having a loan that had a 30% interest rate. But glory be to God, I was able to consolidate that down this year to 10%. But that was three years ago that I did that. Yeah. Easy it was before my time. Yeah. I wasn't living in my purpose or walking in the way God wanted me to do. I was doing whatever I wanted to do. Like, oh, yeah, I can do that. Yeah. Wow. So. Mm, before your time. you bet That's a message. You better come on here. Nope. No message in that today. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. Like. Even from a financial, like I could get a home before my time and then it's going to go foreclosure because I don't have that nest egg that I need for my emergency fund, which I see that all the time. People are buying these big homes and like, oh, look at my home. And I'm like, but you can't even go out to eat with me. Come on. You ain't got no money. And that's a problem for me. That's a problem. I at least want to be able to live. I want to be able to go see my parents if I have a home. Not yeah. me being like, yo, can y'all cash out me some money? So come I can on. come pick you up in Kentucky, bring you back. Why you better? You go ahead and pick up the food too, because I ain't got any money for food. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that that's the biggest problem is just living within your means. Yeah. And it's okay. Like my jacket's from Forever 21. It doesn't have to be BCBG from Dillard's. It works. It keeps me warm. Yeah. That's it. And I look clean. And that's all that matters. That's all that matters. Only thing I won't budge on is my hair because I can't do hair. 
So that's like my non-negotiable. Like I'll, I'll I'll cut back on a lot, but like I'm getting my hair done. Like I stopped getting my nails done. Where are we going? Ain't nobody looking at my nails but me for me to be sitting up in my house. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but see, I love that you have your non-negotiables. And like you said before your time, and I want to share this story with you real quick. So we were looking to move, right? And so we were trying to buy a home, but because of some things that were still on a credit from just some decisions that I made, prior to me even getting married it didn't work right and so we were like okay so my husband was looking at this one home he loved now listen here it was a beautiful home but it was not for us in this season so it was before our time and i'm like sweetheart we don't need no home like that it's only five of us that home is too big let's get something that can be a starter home and then we could build upon that now listen the neighborhood was beautiful. The house was gorgeous. But God said it wasn't our time. But guess what God did? He still turned around and blessed us to live in that same neighborhood, like literally two blocks around the corner in a nice home. And so sometimes we can have this great vision, but then God is like, that's not the vision I have for you in this season. I know the desires of your heart. I'm going to give you the desires of your heart. But first, we got to have those building blocks, those steps, because now guess what I learned in that experience? I learned, okay, let me make sure that all of my I's are dotted and all my T's are crossed when it comes to my finances, when I'm getting ready to buy that home, when I'm getting ready to do these different things. And so I think what you got to always look at is the blessing in the journey, because it let me know that you have to prepare. And when you are prepared for the things that you want, God going to bless you. And even if it ain't the thing that you want, he's still going to bless you with something that you need, because we needed this place that we in. Um, so God, God always looks out so just always know that in your financial journey and whatever it is that you go through that everything is still going to work out for you if you trust in the lord i love how you tied that back we just gonna close with that we just gotta <laughs> trust in the lord trust in the lord and everything is what i heard you say whether it's our finances whether it's relationships whether it's work just trust in the lord you just don't know how much you spoke to my heart today with some things that i just had going on in my head before we even hopped on but you're like, oh, God spoke to through through you to me to say, trust in me. Yeah, I'm not going to leave you or forsake you. Come on. You're on the right path. So, Ola, you've been a blessing to me today. Oh, thank you. Same here. You're always a blessing. You're always speaking words. Thank you. You didn't got me to go to a Bible study consistently. <laughs> so that that's that's big, especially when I go to Bible study at my own church. So. I'm appreciative to you for being transparent and for opening spaces for people that look like us yes. and for women, especially for we can have a safe space for us to learn not only about finances, but also learning that discipline, which we get from our spiritual father or God, whoever your spiritual being is not going to offend anybody, whoever that higher power that you believe in. But I know I believe in God okay. that you provide that space and it's non-judgmental and you just don't know how much you're a blessing to people. So I should have honored you doing women's history month because you're walking in your purpose. And that means a lot because you encourage me every time I see you make a post about your books, because you only mentioned one of the books, but you got the book for the book of prayers for the kids. Yeah, I never get the title, right? But you're doing so much and you want to see, you and your husband do so much together, like becoming marriage counselors, y'all doing the financial thing together. There's so many couples that I talk to or that I see that they have that facade. Like, and then you're like, you hear behind the scenes, like it ain't what you think it is. And I'm like, 
I love to see y'all walking on purpose and seeing that black love and that it works. So thank you all for setting that example, not only for me, but for the generations before us and the, for the generations that will come. Bella and Amir and the older the older baby. I don't remember her name. Kamara. Kamara. They're blessed to have you all and to have you because you're truly walking in your purpose. Thank you so much. Look, you about to make me, I don't even cry. And I'm sitting here blinking oh, my eyes. Hey, hey. And I mean that because I don't normally connect with people my age. And y'all giving me that space. I'm like, this is cool. I always tell Keita, like, oh, I love Bible study. Yeah. I was like, it's just a safe space. I never would have taught a Bible study. I know I'm going off of financial literacy, but me getting my heart right through that Bible study, it all connects. Enabled my mindset to be able to shift and be like, oh, I can be financially sound as well. If I can get to know God that way, he's going to lead me down to my goal of buying a home and just thank you all for that because y'all just taught me to be grateful and I, I don't have to be doing everything. So thank you, Ola. Oh, thank you. Thank you, beautiful. I appreciate you and everything that you're doing to inspire people and bring people together. This platform is beautiful. So keep walking in your light because it shines beautiful on you. Oh, thank you so much, Ola. And to our audience, thank you all for joining in for Vism. You'll catch us back next month with a special guest. I know I promised you all Lakita today, but I forgot about that until this moment. I'll get Lakita one day, who was my other big sis. Ola's the little sis. I can actually say, Ola's the little sis. I'm actually a big sister right now because I never get to be big sis. So uh, we'll catch you back next month. But thank you all for joining us for Vism. Stay tuned.